Oh yeah. Let's talk about making love. No, not that kind of making love. Did you know that the average person only spends half a percent of their life having sex? Here at Making Love Today, we learn from couples about what they do with the other 99.5% of their time to create meaningful, deeply fulfilling, and long-lasting relationships. So listen up as we hear what our guest couples do outside the bedroom to make their love work. And now, here's your host, Patrick Perkins. Hey, welcome back to Making Love Today. I'm your host, Patrick, here with my co-host and our resident marriage therapist, Anne, who is here to help highlight some of Spencer and Erica's relationship strengths and skills. Just to recap Erica and Spencer's story a little bit, Erica is a widow, Spencer is a widower. Through a support group, they were able to meet up and got married and now are living a wonderful life with 11 kids in tow. There's a lot of great things that we can learn from them about managing everything on your plate while also trying to make time for one another. And what are some of the key takeaways that we can learn from Erica and Spencer's story? Well, the thing that really stood out was that they're both really thoughtful with each other and considerate and accommodating. If you listen to them, you can really see that coming through. Consideration or thoughtfulness is an interesting skill because it's really the grease that keeps the relationship wheels spinning. Our distractions and our frustrations kind of make the gears grind and it's a lot harder to get anything done, especially a relational anything. But if you inject a little thoughtfulness into the interactions, they go much more smoothly. And as I was thinking about this, I just Googled the word considerate and it was interesting to me what came up. Things like the dangers of being nice, never trust someone who is too nice. Being too nice, mental disorder. Being too nice, depression. Being too nice in a relationship, disadvantages of being too nice. And being too nice is a weakness. And so it's clear that our culture does not really support being considerate or thoughtful. And it's not modeled as something that is desirable either. Why do you think that that is? I mean, why don't we value consideration as a culture? I think there's this perception that if you're nice, you're a doormat. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Thinking a little bit about the TV shows and movies, it seems like pretty much the super nice, super kind, considerate person is either modeled as extremely naive or just somebody who is easily taken advantage of. Clearly, that can't be the case, that being considered and being nice is something that we need to move away from. But, you know, clearly we don't want to be a doormat either. What do you think it looks like to be considerate or thoughtful and have that be a strength? and not have us just become the stereotypical doormat. Well, Erica gushed a lot about Spencer and his being considerate. I didn't perceive him as being taken advantage of or being a doormat in any way. It's obvious that they've figured it out. Just in general, when we talk about consideration and thoughtfulness, to give you an idea of what it looks like, there are things like taking a burden off your partner's shoulders or bringing a smile to your partner's face or brightening your partner's day. All of those are really thoughtful ideas and none of those has anything to do with getting walked all over. There's really three sections to this that Spencer and Erica really modeled well. The first is it's easy to overlook how important understanding your partner is if you want to be considerate or thoughtful. We don't always notice that in order to do these things, you have to have a much deeper understanding than just surface things. Who they are, how they respond to things. For example, if your partner hates chocolate, it's not thoughtful to get them a chocolate bar and leave it at their desk at work. 
<laughs> if your partner loves busyness, then relieving their burden by canceling all of their appointments is not going to make them feel good. That's not very thoughtful. Although it would be great and thoughtful for somebody, not for that person. And so you really have to understand how your partner works in order to do a good job of doing this. So what you're telling me is that in order to be considerate of your partner, you have to understand something about them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that understanding and deep understanding is a skill we think of, but it's actually an entire basket of skills. That's it's sort of the underpinning of being able to do these other things really well. If you don't have that deep understanding or you don't know much about your partner, it's going to be tough to pull it off, whatever it is. Spencer and Erica describe themselves as patient and understanding, not just, oh, I understand, like I'm kind of feeling forgiving but they showed that they really have a deep understanding of each other. So that time they spent getting to know each other really well before they actually started dating is an underpinning of their ability to have a good relationship now. It sounded like they spent a lot of time talking to each other and sharing things about their experiences. And, and that's something that you can fall back on when you're looking to just do something simple like being thoughtful. Another piece of this is a focus on the other person rather than yourself. So let's listen to a clip from Spencer really quickly. It really helps you to attune yourself to the needs of not just your spouse, but of anyone in the family because you're focused on them and you see when they're in need and do your best to fulfill the need, constantly looking for ways to help and to put their needs above yours. So another piece of being really thoughtful is having a focus on the other person and overcoming the natural tendency to be the center of the universe. We are all the center of our own universe naturally. So it takes some effort to be able to actually do this and really attune yourself to the needs of your partner. Well, there's no quote from Erica that gives a good example of this. Every day when Spencer gets home, first thing Spencer does, he's ready to evaluate where he thinks I'm at. His whole focus was on how's Erica doing and what do I need to help? He's tired from work. He's had a long, hard day, yet he's thinking about me above anything else. He's tired from work, but he's thinking about me above anything else. That is a spectacularly good quote. That just is an illustration, not only of his willingness to be engaged with her in what's going on, but also because of the attitude he comes in with, she knows exactly that he's thinking of her. And that's wonderfully affirming in any instance of any relationship. So he hasn't even done anything thoughtful and he's already won major points. <laughs> We're not keeping score, but that's awesome. An alternative way to be thoughtful is he could just be really rigid and have a formula and think to himself, well, I'm going to get home from work and it's a busy time. And then I'm going to help the kids with their homework before dinner starts, or I'm going to pick up the living room. And all of those things would be considerate. All of those things would be thoughtful. And if he followed that formula, he would be doing really well. But he takes it even one level more, really focuses in on what does she need in this moment right now, and then does that thing. So when she's responding to that, it's that attention that she's responding to. He's not just into a list of things to get done. He's really focused on her. That's what's so affirming about thoughtfulness. That's the grease that keeps the wheels turning. Not that you did something, but that you care about that person enough to do something personal to them. You talked about how she noticed what he was doing and about how what made the real difference is not that he did these things, but that she recognized those things. Now, what if you're in a situation where you're trying to do those thoughtful and considerate things and your partner doesn't seem to notice? 
Should you go ahead and say, hey, look over here, look at me, I'm being considerate? <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> it depends on the situation, it depends on your partner. But you know what? We're all kind of new. We all have to learn these skills. And basically, either your partner's just really distracted. And in that moment, Erica might be really distracted most of the time. And she's trying to do dinner and help the kids. And it's really stressful. And I know that just before dinner time at my house is a crazy time. And I don't have 11 kids. So yeah, if if somebody's paying me that kind of attention or being trying to be really attuned, I might not even have that register. <laughs> but eventually you did register, right? But also, you can verbalize that so it's great if she gets that he's being really attentive and figuring this out like what does she really need he could also walk in and just say hey what's going on what do you need and it would be clear yeah you can definitely put flags in there to kind of make it obvious not because you're trying to show off but because she might not even be thinking about what she needs she's just into whatever she's into and doing whatever she can and yeah you can be clear about what you're trying to do Maybe that's the difference between somebody who's a doormat and somebody who's considerate is that they're able to indicate to the other person in some way that that's what they're doing and that they're not just here to be taken advantage of and that they actually are trying to be considerate of the other person's needs. Well, and I think that's actually a really important point. Brene Brown calls it the hustle. You're hustling for approval or you're hustling for affection. A lot of that hustle goes unnoticed when we don't have that attunement really laser focused. And we're just trying to do stuff. It doesn't come off as thoughtful and it doesn't have that same impact because it's not as personal as it could be. Like this is actually a skill to make it that personal, to make it that thoughtful and that laser focused on what the needs are right this second. And sure, at the beginning of that, you probably will need to ask just to make sure that the messages you're getting about what needs doing are right on. So there's no problem with doing that. Now you could hustle and just start doing a lot of stuff that you think might be good and then be like, did you notice? Did you notice? Did you notice my thing that I'm doing? That's hustling. That's not being thoughtful. I guess the point is that if you really are doing something that genuinely is helpful, your partner can't help but notice because it is something that they genuinely need done at that moment. Yeah. So if you just came in and you saw that your partner was super busy making dinner and helping a crying kid on the floor and you thought to yourself, I know, I'll be helpful. I will go outside and rake the leaves. Well, it might be a very important thing to do, your partner isn't going to notice how helpful you are in that moment because you're doing something that isn't actually really appropriate for the situation at hand. Yeah, and it's not very personalized. I think that's where the understanding comes in is the better you understand where they're at and what's going on or what their preferences are and things, then you can really personalize what your response is and not just have it be a good thing that you're doing. I mean, raking the leaves is great, but it doesn't help with the situation, nor is it very personal. In fact, it's maybe something that traditionally you did anyway. But I mean, there's been misunderstandings of all kinds and you just have to work with it. Like one time I did the ironing for my mom as some way to be really thoughtful because she doesn't like ironing. And then she later on was having a moment, she was having a hard time. And she talked about how I had done all the ironing except her ironing. And I was like, oh, 
I was trying to be thoughtful for her because I know it's a job she doesn't like, but I missed the part to make it really personal to her and not just a task. And she didn't feel it as that affirming thoughtfulness towards her. She just felt like it was a task getting done. And part of that was where she was at in the moment, but part of it also was me doing a bad job (laughs) of that laser focus and a real attunement if I had figured that out. Of figuring out her needs and not just a need. Yes. Yes. Ooh, that was very astute. So, and then the third part of it is effort. Where does this ability to be considerate and supportive come from? They said something really interesting about this question about experiencing loss. You feel really blessed that you've been able to find someone that wants to put forth that effort and share those same values and goals. So you do, you give it your 100% because you know that the effort's worth it. And then again, at any moment, that could be gone. So you really, I really feel that we don't take each other for granted. That touches on the idea of, I know how blessed I am. I know how privileged I am to be in this situation with this kind of a person. And I appreciate the effort and even more, I appreciate that they don't have to be here and they don't have to give this effort. And so really valuing the effort that happens. In fact, let's listen to something Erica says about this. Sometimes a really compassionate person. And I think having that compassion in a marriage can be such a a foundation piece. Because if you want to empathize and you want to understand and you want to be there for your spouse and you show that compassion that you can overcome any difficulty regardless of what it is. What a message of hope. And she's using compassion. She means compassion and thoughtfulness that he's really attuned to the people around him and wanting to really work for their benefit. When you show that, you're showing those things that you want to be there for them. You want to empathize. You want to understand. And that wanting is the root of that effort. It sounds like the strength we're talking about here is being considerate and being able to really tune into what it is that your partner needs and really using everything that you've learned about them and everything you understand about them to help them in that exact moment of time. Yes. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a deficit sort of need. It can be a positive sort of need. So again, making your partner smile, helping them along to doing something is also a great way to do that. And it's okay to just be nice too. (laughs) And of course, nobody should know better what your partner needs than you do. Yes. And if you don't know, that's not a failure on your part. Just ask. What would be nice right now? While we're sitting on the couch. And maybe they'll be like, I just got touched all day. Don't touch me. And <laughs> I'd love it if you would also not talk. Right? <laughs> like, I'm overstimulated. I just need to be by myself and be quiet. And you're like, great. I can do that. <laughs> well, I guess it comes up to the point that there is no one size fits all for relationships. There's no. skills and elements and strengths that need to be learned. But then everything needs to be personalized for your situation. And that's the point. And so I think we can all try and be more considerate without being doormats, of course. The other point that you hit on a little bit, and I don't think that we can possibly talk about Eric and Spencer without talking about this. 11 kids. How do you possibly grow and build and make your relationship blossom, especially when you're new to each other? How do you possibly do that when you're also taking care of 11 kids? That is a great question. I think they did a good job answering it. But before we jump in, I want to hear from some of the experts about what 
happens when we invest time and effort in a relationship. Judith Wallerstein says, if a marriage is given priority only rarely, it is in danger. Sue Johnson talks about without time and attention, all relationships evaporate. So these are like danger and obliteration, right? Like these are really serious things. And all of our gurus have something similar to that to say about how important it is to have an ongoing investment of time and effort in your relationship. Judith Wallerstein sort of sums it up. As I compared the happily married couples with the thousands of divorcing couples I have seen in the past 25 years, it was clear that these men and women had early on created a firm basis for their relationship and had continued to build it together. Many of the couples that divorced failed to lay such a foundation and did not understand the need to reinforce it over the years. The happy couples regarded their marriage as a work in progress that needed continued attention lest it fall into disrepair. We aren't culturally given that perspective. Like you were talking about in a previous episode, you get together, happily ever after happens. Basically, if you can get yourselves together, you're done. That is definitely not true. So I kind of pulled out some of the ideas and quotes from Spencer and Erica of what specific things that they had been doing. So what works really well in spite of the pressures and distractions? And the first one really deals with that. For Spencer, he was saying it's all about moving the main purpose forward. So we're sacrificing anything that isn't furthering our goals, basically, of closeness and having a good family and and all the things that, that go along with that. So, And that's when he was talking about how they don't watch TV, right? Yeah, like there's just things that you don't need to do. Basically what you're telling me is that we need to go out and Marie Kondo our relationships. <laughs> yeah, just thank that Netflix account for all that it's given you, but it's not really moving your life forward. Or I don't know if bringing you joy is the criteria. Really, if it's not helping you move along, then just thank it and let it go. Find those things that are really important for your end goal as a relationship and focus on those and move past other things if you need to. Well, and maybe in a few years, time will open up and your life will be different. So it's not like you have to let go of it forever. Was it Stephen Covey that was put the big rocks in first? And that whole idea of once you get the big rocks in, then all the little things can sort of filter down and fill in the gaps. But if there's no gap, then it goes away. Another attitude that they have that really works for them, doing whatever needs to be done. And that idea that nobody's above or below any one task. We're all about cooperation and collaboration on chores and routines and other things. And I think that's something that a lot of couples struggle with. I'd like to be above some of the tasks in my life. Like I would like to be the person who doesn't have to step in and clean that bathroom or change that diaper or be in charge of getting the right tires on the car. I would love to just say that's not my job. But they have the attitude of everybody does everything You just figure it out. Collaborate and be willing to step up and get it done. But what if there's something I don't like doing? Well, don't have 11 kids. (laughs) (laughs) I think we have the freedom to really pay attention to our likes and dislikes when we're young. And then as we grow up and take on responsibilities, like don't get a job. Every job I've ever had has had lots of things I don't like in it, even though it was really fulfilling and I was really happy to be there. So you're saying sometimes we have to do things that we don't like doing for the common good. Yes. I think that's what they were saying. So Erica said something about this that really highlights why that's important. And having a partner in there showing that they care and that this is their family as well and they're invested in it also really helps my admiration and respect of Spencer grow a lot. That attitude actually has amazingly great fallout. If you say, my spouse doesn't respect and admire me. Well, are you stepping up? 
Because that's where admiration and respect comes from. That sounds harsh. That's okay. Sometimes the truth is harsh. So if my spouse doesn't admire and respect me, it's because uh, I'm not worth admiration and respect? (laughs) Sometimes. Everybody's different, though. Some people just have trouble admitting their admiration and respect. But basically what it comes down to is admiration and respect does not or should not come without you putting in your part, too. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't just demand respect from people. There are people who like to do that, but that's, that doesn't work. Well, here's the other part of that is if I really take a step back and look at my own actions, do I esteem that? If I whine about chores, is that really worth my esteeming or respecting myself? Like you earn your own self-esteem and your own self-respect in a lot of those ways. Her respect for him being willing to do that is great. His respect for himself is even more important. So am I the kind of person who, when given a task or when I see that there's a need, will walk away from that need? Or am I the kind of person who will step up and help out? And so it sounds like this overarching strength here is that we all need to put in an ongoing time and effort into our relationship. Yeah, and there's lots of different ways to do that. Like another thing they highlighted was having a weekly date, no matter how hard it is. But then another thing that they talked about was alone time, which you think is a little counterintuitive, that having your alone time for your hobbies or with your friends is not something that would strengthen your relationship. But nurturing other relationships, they were clear, come second to their marriage. But it's really important. And they said, with so many demands on our time and attention, it's good to spend time not focused on anyone else. And I could get that. Even in your job, a lot of times you just spend all your time serving someone else's needs or focused on what someone else is doing or how they're doing. And this is what they said. You come back energized and with a greater desire to be together and enjoy each other. So there's real benefits to the relationship. For nurturing those relationships and experiences outside of the relationship. Developmentally, you want to grow as a human and you can do some of that together and some of that you have to kind of go to on your own. So it sounds like to sum up all of these things together, you listed lots of things here that we could all do, such as weekly date night, finding alone time, getting rid of the stuff that isn't moving your priorities forward. So it sounds like if we're to sum up all of these together, what it really comes down to is we need to figure out as a couple and figure out individually what are our priorities and then actually make those things a priority. Yes, this is the question that sometimes as therapists we ask people. If an alien from outer space came down and watched you, what would they think that your priorities were? So we talk about our priorities. We say, oh, I really, I like healthy food. That's really important to me. And then if the alien was watching, they would notice that mostly we eat cheeseburgers and don't really exercise at all. I like being healthy. That's important. But then my behavior doesn't really match. And And we worship our phones. Yeah. Like uh, my family is really important to me. And yet all of your time is spent with your phone or your computer. And to some degree, there's some sacrifices that have to be made because you're having a job is also important. And so you can't just 100% ditch everything else for these things that you say are important. And we're all still learning and it's okay not to be perfect in things. But if an outside person would observe and I were to ask them, how married were they today? What would they say? Interesting. You don't necessarily think about it in those terms. You think about it as you either are in a relationship or not in a relationship, not where are you in the relationship. Yeah, or how much relationship did we do today? How much relationshiping was happening. Exactly. And again, 
with any relationship, there's going to be days when you barely speak to each other, right? Like you just are busy and you have lots of priorities and stuff. But if that answer to that question is consistently in the lower, <laughs> in the lower registers, uh, not very, not very much. If that happens all the time, then you're not investing in your relationship and it will evaporate. It is in danger. It sounds like the two strengths that we've talked about today go along really well together. We need to be putting in the time and effort into the relationship, but we need to be doing it in a considerate way because if we're putting in time and effort into the wrong things, we're not going to get the results we want. Absolutely. That is Exactly right. It sounds like Spencer and Erica are well on their way to making that happen. We'll all be excited to see how that goes down the road, whether it's with 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 kids, whatever <laughs> whatever life <laughs> might throw their way. We're rooting for you, Spencer and Erica. Yes, definitely. <laughs> well, Anne, thank you for being with me today. It sounds like there's a lot that we can learn from Erica and Spencer, especially about how to be considerate and how to invest time into our relationships. Well, that brings us to our relationship challenge of the week. Just to explain what this is, for every couple Anne and I discuss, we will be issuing a relationship challenge for you listeners to try at home based on the strengths that that couple demonstrated. Our relationship challenge for this week is based around the relationship element of consideration or being considerate. The challenge for you is to at some point during this week to stop, take a moment, and think in that exact moment in time, what does your partner need right now? Not just a need that's going on in the household, not just something that's good to do, but based off of where they are at this exact moment in time, what do they need right now? Tune into that, figure out what it is, and then, of course, go ahead and do it. After you've done so, please go ahead and visit our website at makinglovetoday.com and let us know how the challenge went for you. What was it that you noticed that your partner needed, and what did you do to meet that need? Did your partner respond to you at all? Let us know. Anne and I will be doing the challenge right along with you, and we'll be posting our experiences in the challenge section as well. If you want some ideas to help you with this week's challenge, check out today's show notes for more about how you can be considerate, and for more information on both of the relationship elements we discussed today. Thanks again for being with us today on our very first recap episode, and until next time, be like Erica and Spencer, and go out and make love in your life.